Hello, Sarah. Hello, Passmaster. Where are we? Uh, we're in Cripplegate in London, and the year is 1604. Come on, let's cross the street. And mind the... Oh! Uh, horse dung. Sorry. Now look here. Oh, it's a wig shop. According to the sign, they sell the finest quality made-to-measure human hair wigs. Oh! In Shakespeare's age, it was a good business to be in. Even Queen Elizabeth I wore wigs for many years because her own hair had fallen out due to disease. Oh, by the way, she ruled the country until her death last year in 1603, when James became King of England as well as Scotland. Anyhow, personal hygiene was not what it is today. But people washed, didn't they? Not really, no. While the use of soap dates back thousands of years to ancient Indian tribes, in 1604 only the wealthy could afford it. And access to water was very limited, as there were no mains, plumbing or sewer systems. You see that filthy-looking river over there? See it? I can smell it! Well, it's the River Thames, and it provided water for the city. Generally, people would clean their faces and hands with it, and their teeth with watered-down vinegar. What about their hair? Well, the rich might add a dash of perfume to the water and give it a rinse, but shampoo won't be available for more than another 200 years. I'm amazed that life in the country's capital is so primitive. It's a bit of an eye-opener, isn't it? In Shakespeare's age, London has between 150 to 200,000 people crammed into a small space, about one square mile of twisting streets on either side of the Thames. As I said, there are no sewers, and so all the rubbish and waste, including human waste, is thrown onto the streets or into the river. Travel and transport still relies on horses, and so horse dung simply adds to the mess. Uh, yeah, sorry about your shoes. Now, it was said that London's stench could be smelt from 20 miles away. Disease is rife, which is no surprise, really, when hygiene is so poor. And, of course, antibiotics are yet to be discovered. Anyway, hold your nose until you get used to it. Oh, did you see who that was? That man? No. It was William Shakespeare. This is where he lives, above the wig shop. Here? William Shakespeare lives here? Well, it's not what I imagined. It looks a bit grim, a bit small and a bit too... cheap. I mean, he is William Shakespeare. Well, his name may speak volumes in our age, but in his own age, actors and writers were not treated with the same sort of respect. For a man of the theatre, he's actually doing very well for himself. He's well-known and well-off. Now, you have to understand that at this time, the world of theatre was considered seedy and disreputable, to the extent that women were banned from appearing on stage. That's outrageous! Women couldn't appear on stage. But what about the female roles? Lady Macbeth, Cleopatra, Cordelia? Well, they were played by young men, or ingenue, as they were called, but we'll talk more about that later. Now... I want to consider what set Shakespeare apart from his contemporaries. That would be his skill as a writer. I agree, but I was actually thinking of his business acumen. Now, follow me, and this time, mind the... Oh, we're heading towards that flag. What? That white one? 
waving above the round building? Yep, that's the one. It's the Globe Theatre, and the flag is flying to announce that there's a show on this afternoon. It's where Shakespeare's heading, so let's follow him. Come on, keep up. And here we are at the Globe Theatre, the professional home of William Shakespeare and the theatrical company he writes for, The King's Men. Remember I said that he was a businessman? Well, Shakespeare co-owns this theatre. He writes, acts, produces and co-manages the company. Hold on.